Welcome to the All Things Performance Podcast, where our goal is to stay hungry, to get better, and to move the meter. My name is Josiah Igano, and whether you're looking to improve physically, to get fed spiritually, or to challenge yourself mentally, we're digging deep to find those gems, and we're going to find them. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go. Hope everybody's doing well. I thoroughly believe that you're going to get a blast out of today's podcast. If you like unadulterated, unfiltered, straight up black and white, tell it like I see it type guest, you're going to like today's podcast. It's with Sam Whitehead. Now, I was Sam Whitehead's strength and conditioning coach back when he was in college. So when I was a strength coach at Grand Canyon University underneath the direction of uh, Chuck Howard, who was the director of performance athletics at the time, Sam was one of my athletes. And this guy was explosive in personality, always was, you know, ready to tell you how he felt about certain things. And it's something that I actually truly appreciate. And when you look at his career, uh, he has numerous academic and um, athletic accolades. He ended up going to Winthrop University in South Carolina. And then after he graduated college, he turned pro in 2015. And so this is somebody who knows the game of golf, who's familiar with the game of golf, who's dedicated to the game of golf. He's currently um, on the Clutch Pro Tour and the Euro Pro Tour with the European Tour School out there in the UK. And our conversation is awesome because we talk about why golf is so difficult, how it differs from the other sports. We speak about the Live Tour, right? The big controversy right now that is surrounding the Live Tour and the hundreds of millions of dollars that are being shelled out. We talk about um, the mindset, the mentality that you have to have if you are going to be a great golfer. We talk about, you know, how many pro athletes, they actually golf to get their mind off of their sport. And then we ask Sam what he does as a pro golfer to get his mind off of golf. And so mixed with several other things and nuances and side conversations, I truly believe that you will get a blast out of today's conversation. Without further ado, we get right into it. Hope everybody's doing well. Welcome to the All Things Performance Podcast. This is Josiah Igana with my co-host Derek Devine. And today, Today, Derek, we have an international guest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's expanding constantly here. Hey, hey man, we're expanding. We're, it, this is a global network right here. We have Sam Whitehead. Sam Whitehead uh, turned professional golfer in 2015. Um, I got a chance to know Sam while I was a strength coach at Grand Canyon University here in Phoenix, Arizona, when that program was going through transition. Uh, I was underneath Chuck Howard and the great staff that we had there. And Sam has gone on to do some great things and he's going to uh, join us today. Sam, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to be here, obviously. Share some of the lack of wisdom I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, excited, mate. It's nice to be here. That's great. Hey, so real quick, because everybody wants to know, what's the weather right now? In the in right now, the UK today has been beautiful. It's been low twenties, so whatever American conversion you want to use, it's twenty Celsius. You know the proper way of measuring temperature. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take long. 
yeah, proper way of measuring, measuring temperature. The sun's been out. It's been nice. We're in the middle of the summer. It's going to be light here until half nine. We're going to have a barbecue after this. And yeah, happy days. Nice, man. What do you guys, hey, what do you guys throw on the barbecue real quick, man? What do you guys throw on the barbecue, Sam? Oh, we're no Aussies. We don't put those shrimp on the barbie, no. <laughs> we, got, we got the burgers. We got the chicken. You know, it, it's conventional. Nothing, nothing mental going on over here. That's awesome. That's awesome. So real quick, before we get into it, so, man, golf, right? Golf. Golf is a world that has expanded exponentially uh, in the last several years. And I want you to take us through your journey um, as a collegiate golfer, even at, and before that, uh, to what you're doing now, um, how your professional experience has been. And please add some meat on the bone in terms of why is golf so popular now? Like, why? Okay, so first of all, Tiger Woods okay. changed the game. Full stop. Um, that's the easy bit to that. Um, in terms of me, uh, I played, played, uh, played golf growing up as a junior. Um, went through junior ranks, county ranks, national ranks. Uh, came out to America on a golf scholarship wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and uh, bumped into you and started hating working out again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> spent two years at Grand Canyon. Uh, loved it out there. Um, had some issues off the course with coach. Um, basically, just came to mutual agreement. I shouldn't be there. So I uh, took a year out, uh, sort of came back here, played, and then transferred over to Winthrop University in South Carolina. Uh, spent another two years there. And finished, uh, came back here and turned pro, um, sort of bouncing around mini tours, uh, you know, up onto the challenge tour for a little bit and back down again. And obviously the last, uh, last two years with COVID has been uh, a bit of a kick in the balls, but, you know, it's it's getting back to normal again now. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of just a little bit about it, really. That's awesome. Hey, real quick, real quick, we got to ask, because I think the audience is wondering, uh, Derek, how's your golf game, man? Oof. I mean, for the lack of what I play, I'll put myself up against some people. The The biggest thing, which I think is what golf is, is consistency. And just the consistency is just not there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Sam is, is sizing both of us up. I'm like, man, these guys, they have no idea what they're doing. But no, don't get me wrong. I mean... <laughs> With the amount that I play, oh, Sam would be surprised what came out of there, though. Oh, man. I tell you what. So, so, so Sam. If, if it's in the marketing budget, bring me over. I'll happily come over. <laughs> Seriously, man. We need a budget for that because I know there's a lot of organizations <laughs> that have golf budgets. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so, Sam, so Sam, I mean, you were blunt. And, and that's one thing I always appreciated about you. You're a straight-up dude. I mean, Tiger Woods, right? Tiger Woods changed the game of golf. And – you know, as, as a professional golfer, right, walk us through what your day looks like. You know what I'm saying? Do you just wake up, stretch, walk to the golf course, you know what I'm saying, hit a couple of balls? Like, what, what, what do you guys do, man? It's different every day. Literally different every day, uh, which is why I love the game. Because it doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are, it's never the same two days in a row. Yeah. You know, you could be in the form of your life, 
and you wake up one day, you go to the range and you haven't got a clue what's going on. And you don't know why. There's no explanation to it. It's just the game of golf. Um, but if you're walking through like an average day, like today, woke up, had a bit of breakfast, did my bits, got ready, um, headed out. Um, and I've been, I'd say poor with my wedges. I haven't been taking advantage of a situation where I've got a wedge in my hand lately. So the last two weeks, I've been doing a lot of focus on wedge work, distance control with my wedges. So putting cones down at 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, and just trying to get a feel of those shots again. Um, And then just go through the bag a little bit as well. Uh, Go and do some putting drills. Uh, And today I went and played a few holes. I actually just like going out and playing holes sometimes after I've been practicing just to try and put put those feelings for that day into it. Um, so like today, it was, it was quite windy today, so it's nice just to get on the court and just to hit some shots against the wind and with the wind and just see where you're at, how your swing feels and that sort of stuff. But, you know, you could go two or three weeks and be really happy with how you're playing and not hit a massive amount of balls on the practice ground and maybe just work more in your short game and more, more in your putting and even just playing. Um, so I think, for, you know, there's no right and wrong way of doing it. Yeah, it's whatever you feel like you need to be doing at a certain time. Yeah. Um, and the hard thing is, is not overly focusing on that one thing and then kind of forgetting about everything else. Wow. So That's... it's a it's a constant balance because there's so many different aspects to the game. Yes. You know, it's not it's not one swing. Yeah. If you play eighteen holes, you're not going to make. You might make one or two stock shot golf swings. Because of the yardages, because of the elevation, because of the wind, because of the way the ball's lying, because of how it's lying. You know, there's so many different aspects that go into each and every single shot. You could have hit 107 irons on a practice ground, bog standard. You know, say you, you hit your 780 yards. Okay, great. You can hit, you can stand there all day and hit it 180 yards. Yeah. But what happens when you get on the golf course and you've got 174 and it's slightly downwind or slightly into the wind? You know, then it changes everything. Yeah. That's interesting. So there's so many, yeah, there's so many different aspects to it that, you know, people will say, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, you should do that. At the end of the day, you've got to find what works for you and find what's best for you. So this is interesting, Sam. So I want to come back to this. Derek. <clears throat> so Derek and I play football. Derek played at a high level. As you hear that, Derek, right? Yeah. What is the play, you know what I'm saying, with a professional football player, right? Or a collegiate football player in terms of what he just shared? Because, hey, sometimes it's like he said, it's different every day. You know, you got to find out what works for you, right? What's the difference between that and maybe the background that you and, 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 and some of our listeners might be coming from in terms of like regimented, hey, this is how we do it, you know, yeah. rain, you know, rain or shine. This is these are the drills. This is the warm up. This is how I get my body ready. Like what what goes to your mind when you hear Sam's uh, iteration of how he goes about his golf game compared to a sport, a tr- like a sport like football? Well, like I, I, I would look at it like I've always felt golf was much different from the standpoint of like what he's sharing, which is pretty much kind of what I thought is everything is I mean, like every shot's different where a lot of the stuff in football is 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 just rep 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 i mean it's like majority of the time it's like a counter is a counter a power plays a power play a slant is a slant 
a corner routes, a corner route. There is going to be some variations against different coverages and things like that. I, I mean, I would say quarterbacking's kind of close to what he's talking about, but I don't think you have nearly as many elements to deal with with within that. Yeah, because you know, I just I don't think you do. I think there's so much more that can go wrong with a golf ball and a golf club, man. You know, I. I you know, I always felt that I had quite a bit of control. Once you get to a certain level, throwing a football as a quarterback, uh, you know, a lot of it's just you have such a good feel for it. I think to develop that in a golf game, based off of what he just said, is uh, much more difficult than anything you do in a football, as far as that, what we're talking about, as far as this topic. Yeah. So, Sam, I have a question for you. That's good. That's good stuff, Derek. So, Sam. You guys are much like surgeons, you know what I mean? Like you go into you go into the golf course and that you got your scalpel, you got, you know, you got your inside, you got you got this, you got this instrument, you got this instrument. Um, and many and, and for many people who are getting into golf, right? It could be very expensive. And so I, <laughs> what I want to do is I, I want you to talk to us about the importance, right, of your equipment, right? Those tools that you are using to perform this proverbial surgery to, to do your work versus actual skill, actual hand-eye, actual depth perception. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and putting the ball in the hole. What's the balance between your equipment, your tools, and, and skill? Because, you know, for a football player, you got your pads, you got your helmet, you know what I'm saying? And you better make sure your cleats are up to snuff because that's all you got and your, and your, and your talent. Whereas in golf, it's like, oh, I'm going to use a pitching wedge here. Hey, I probably shouldn't use a pitching wedge. You should probably use it. Like, talk to us about this relationship between your equipment and skill, man. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you you harness the skill with each club, is what I would say. Um, but yeah, for me, every top pro, every, every pro, most good golfers are custom fit for their equipment. Yeah. So, you know, the, the shaft's right, the loft's are right, the gapping between how far the club the ball goes for each club is right. So from that standpoint, you know, if you put on a pair of boots and they're a size too big, they're going to slow you down. You're not going to run well in the mire. I'm sorry, a pair of cleats, should I say. I was going to say, um, man, I, so, we, ain't doing, we ain't doing a lot of running with boots around. Uh, here. Yeah, <laughs> pair of cleats. Pair of cleats. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you, you know, if you put your, your cleats on and it's the wrong size, it's going right. to slow you down. Yep. If you're playing with the wrong equipment, it's not going to work for you. Now, if you're just getting into the game, just picking up a club and whacking it is not going to be a problem. You know, that's good. Just pick up a club and hit it. That's all you got to do. When you get to a level, and, you know, custom fittings for everyone, and it can benefit your game. But you learn the relationship with each club. You learn what shots you can play with each club. You learn how far each club goes. You learn, if I just take this amount off, I can flight it down and it will go this far with a bit less spin. Every single club, apart from maybe driver, which is just, you know, probably just stand up there and just hit it. I've probably got three or four shots through the bag with each club. You know, if I want to hit one a bit higher, a bit lower, draw, fade, a bit spinnier. There's so many variations to each club, but again, that's just through practice. Yeah. It's through repetition. It's, so then, like, say we throw Tiger out at the Masters with a set of Callaways he's never touched before. How big is how big of a drop is there going to be in it, or what's the effect on his game? Is it going to be drastic? Uh, uh, 
He's not going to go shoot 85. You know, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Is he healthy? <laughs> Is he healthy? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's just kind of like, uh, you know, if you gave Michael Jordan a, a little bit different size basketball, he's going to adapt. Yeah, exactly. And Tiger will adapt. Yeah. And, you know, if anyone will adapt to it. And you'll have a natural feel for the swing creates the shot. Yeah. And the club's just the extension of the swing. Gotcha. So you're, you're going to know the swing. And if the shaft's yeah. a bit different, you'll figure out how to just maybe just hold it off a little bit more or just turn it over a little bit more. You'll be able to figure that out in 20 minutes. Yeah. Is, is that good for your game? Well, if you're having to adapt to the equipment, then no, you want the equipment gotcha. to work for you. Yeah, that's good. So, this is good yeah. stuff right here. This is good stuff. So this is good, man. So, so Sam, talk to us real quick about the mentality of a golfer, right? We hear it all the time. Golf is the most mentally draining game there is, you know, um, and I mean, you, you, you hear this a lot. Is, 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 is the competition more so with yourself? Is it with those in your field, right? And, and, you know, like, why is golf so hard? Why is it so hard, man? Uh, I don't think we've got enough time for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, uh, there's so many different ways of looking at mentality. For me, I'm playing against the course. You know, it's, but at the same time, okay, so par is 72. If it's blowing the 30 mile an hour wind and raining, pars are relevant. It's not going to matter. It's who can get the ball around in the fewest shots possible. And then you break that down to each shot. Mm. And then you break that into an overall strategy for the course and all this sort of stuff. And there's so many different ways of looking at it. You look at what Bryson's done over the last, three years, four years, he's gone from, you know, an average hitter, not scrawny, but, you know, decently built, average length hitter, maybe slightly on the longer side. He's gone away, transformed his body, transformed his golf swing, and is now the longest player on tour. And he's taken that mentality of go out and attack the golf course. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have more birdie chances with wedges in my hand than I am with seven and eight irons if I'm back there. So that's one, that's one mentality. Then you've got almost a complete opposite of Tiger. Okay, Tiger was kind of the first guy to ever train properly as yeah. such for golf, to be the first real athlete. Yeah. He had the power, but he harnessed that and just played golf in a sensible fashion. It, you know, he didn't go attacking flags. He just played to the middle of the green, to the fat side of the green and just played smart, conservative golf. He won 15 majors. He's not been too bad. So there's so many different ways of thinking about it and looking about it, and it can boil down to how you feel on the day. Yeah. You know, I've had days where my golf swing feels terrible, and I'm just thinking, right, what is? how do I get the ball round in the fewest shots possible? do I have to hit a certain shape or try and hit a certain shape all day to get the ball round? Do I have to rely on my short game? But then you'll have other days where you go out and you feel like a million dollars and you think you can do no wrong and shoot 65 and think, well, that was the easiest thing I've ever done. Yeah. So literally the mentality changes day to day. And that's 
the scary thing about it, I think. Because there's no, there's no, again, there's no right and wrong way of doing it. There's ways that guys, uh, more guys than others do. And you look at someone like John Rahm, who some people say is a total hothead. He's, you know, on the golf course, he's throwing clubs, snapping clubs, all this. He's a very, very good golfer. And what happens when he gets hot, he riles himself up and he re-motivates himself. Mm-hmm. And then you look at someone like Jordan Spieth, who's just all over the place and just seems scatterbrained half the time. But he just gets the ball around the golf course. So there's so many different ways of playing around the golf that each of those different ways has a different mentality, seemingly. Yeah. So I got it. I got a question. No, that's that's a really good insight right there. I think that that's very, uh, it's 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 thought provoking to say the least. And you know, for somebody like you, just curious here, just curious. For so, there's a lot of athletes that I work with that they use golf to as, as a therapeutic mechanism, right? Like I'm gonna go yeah. play golf just as therapy and to compete in something other than my own sport. Right. Do you see it as such? Do you see it as therapeutic or do you see it as, man, this is my job. And when I don't execute, I feel bad. Or is it therapeutic for you as well? Uh, it's not therapeutic. <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> Thanks for getting that out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not for me. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I still enjoy playing. As much as I love going and playing in tournaments and being in the juice and everything else, I still enjoy going and having a knock on a Saturday afternoon with my friends. You know, I still enjoy doing that. Is it therapeutic? Probably not. I'm not fully switched off. I'm probably still thinking about swing thoughts and how I'm playing and everything else. Yeah. Um, and a funny story, one of my mates, uh, he started taking the game up three or four years ago. And he said, oh, if you're having a day off, um, do you want to come have a game? And I said, if, I'm, if you're having a day off, would you go into the office? <laughs> and he's like, well, no, I wouldn't. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Yeah. To, you know, for some people, golf is therapeutic. For me, yes, it's a job. Yes, I love doing it. I enjoy it. But at the same time, I need time away from it as well. Nice. No, that's good, man. That's really good. So... You know, just in case. So I know everybody has different clubs, you know what I'm saying? In their in their in their golf bag. What are what are what are shoot, let's call it two, two or three clubs that and I know you're I know I know what you're gonna say, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. What are two or three clubs that you would never you know, like you you have to have? Like you you can't take these away from me. Let's say two. let's two. Let's say two. What's that? I would have said dry. Okay, with two. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, putter would probably be one of them. Okay. Um, it's, the, it's the club you hit most in the round. So, you know, if you hit every green, you're going to have at least 18 putts, if not more. More than likely, you're going to have more. You're going to average 26 to 30 putts, depending on how well you putt that day. So, your putter. Um, what else? I mean, everything else apart from that is then fairly interchangeable. If you haven't got a driver, you can sort of hit three woods. Without a lob wedge, you can still use your sand wedge. 
So I, I was, I would say putt is the most important club in the bag, but it's certainly the one you use the most. Yeah. So, and other than that, everything else is kind of interchangeable. See, spoken like a true pro, man. So check this out. So why, so, you know, when you start talking about golf, again, you're talking to two dudes right here who don't play. Like you have probably forgotten <laughs> more golf than we will ever play in our lives. So when you yeah. start, when you start talking about, uh, you know, uh, just in, in terms of, you know, in-game, um, you know, uh, I've heard that putting and uh, shoot, what is it? Pitching is that is that what they call it? Like just the yeah, yeah, pitching, yeah, yeah, yeah. is where you is where the scores change dramatically for for golfers. Where do you? Yeah, see for sure. I mean, there's an old saying: drive for show, putt for dough. Say that again. So you know, there's an old saying: it's called drive for show, putt for dough. Oh, nice. So you drive in to show off, you're putting for the dough. You know. I think in the modern age now, you look at most PGA tournaments, PGA Tour tournaments, the guys that are having the best putting weeks are generally the top guys on the leaderboard. There will be some weeks where guys are just absolutely striping it and maybe not putting as well, mm -hmm. but because they're hitting it so good, they're still in contention. The volatility is on the greens. Yeah, if you have a good putting week, you can shave three, four shots around. You do that over four days, that's 16 shots. Amazing. You know, that takes you from finishing, well, potentially missing the cut to potentially winning the tournament. Yeah. So we, we call it volatility and strokes gained. So if you have more volatility, if you're a solid, consistent putter, you're not necessarily going to have hot weeks, so you're not necessarily going to win as much. If you're a consistent putter, but you have really hot weeks, you're going to win more. Makes sense. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So we call it the volatility and strokes gained, basically. Okay. So, so, no, that's good. That makes a lot of sense. So before we get into the uh, some of the more controversial topics that we're here for today, uh, that the, yep. the, the people want to know, uh, and, and please don't get into your, all of your secret sauce, but while we're talking about it, let's just, you know, put it out there. What is the, what is the number one thing, or what is one piece of advice you would give for somebody to improve their putt game? Like, what, what would you say that they should do or something that they should uh, focus on? One piece of... Yeah, one piece of advice. Just, you know, focus on 100 yards and in, because that's where the majority of your shots are. Um, if you look at a guy starting out shooting 90, and you've got 18 holes, you're probably going to hit two shots on every hole to get it within 100 yards. So you've got nearly 60 shots of that 90 inside of 100 yards. If you take that down to 50, now you're breaking 80. You take that down to 40, now you're breaking 70. So I would always say anyone that's maybe not starting out, because obviously you've got to learn how to swing a golf club and how to hit a golf ball. But anyone that's serious about improving, 100 yards and in. So that, that's what you want um, to focus on? Yeah. Yeah, right. I would say so. All right. Okay. That's good yeah. stuff. So... <clears throat> As it was, as as I understood it, and this is why you're here as the expert. This is really good. Once again, we're joined with Sam Whitehead, 
um, professional golfer, uh, hailing from the UK. Where about in the UK specifically are you right now, Sam? Uh, so Milton Keynes, that's about 45 minutes north of London. Okay, what's it? what was the city? So, Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes? Yeah. Very nice, very nice. Thank you again for joining us. This has been really good. So as I understood it, the uh, PGA was set up in the United States of America as a 501c6, right? Which gives yeah. it specific, uh, you know, tax privileges, much like a 501c3, uh, but it's more for sports leagues, you know, federations, clubs, that the partners, the members, if you will, are, uh, you know, in league to promote uh, certain things, in this case, golf. And, you know, you can you can only pay, as we all know, within, you know, 501c3s, 501c6, whatever it is, anytime you're talking about a nonprofit, uh, the members aren't ne necessarily making millions upon millions of dollars. Air quotes here. So here we have all of these players, many of them, which you've named already here, you know, you know, Tiger Woods, uh, Jordan Speed, you know, uh, you know, DeChambeau, all these like big names in, in, in golf. And here we have this, this, uh, you know, this organization, this golf organization, it's called live, right? Is that the pro proper live, live? Yeah. Live. Yeah. Yeah. Which is back, backed by the Saudi uh, government and has in essence drawn away many of the major names by giving big money to these players. Um, and to use Derek's term in the last podcast, we had life-changing money, right? I want you to talk to us about your, I just want to know, we want to know what your opinion is. Uh, you know, how it does it benefit players? Um, what are some potential drawbacks? Is this just healthy competition and PGA is mad? You know, let's unwrap this a little bit. Yes, I mean, the idea of the Live Tour, and there's another one called PGL, um, professional golf league but they basically there's a whole backstory it's been going on for behind the scenes realistically probably for four five six seven years um there has been no competition to the pga tour in forever basically um and a lot of the arguments are based around money and the fact that rory mcelroy can play an event he is the needle now realistically you know it was tiger and it's probably now rory he is one of the guys people go and see he can play in a tournament finish in fifth place with jt poston no offense to jt poston he's a regular golfer but no one really knows who he is and they earn the same amount of money and the pga tour have tried to reward their better players through the years by bringing in new incentives so you've got the FedEx Cup, which is the season-long points race, which culminates in millions and millions of dollars being given away. Mm -hmm. First place picks up $15 million for the season as a bonus, having probably already won at least $10 million. So you're looking at $25 million for a very, very good year. That's not too shabby. Now they've introduced something called the PIP, which is the Player Index Program. Uh, I think that's right. Um, and basically it just ranks who the most popular guys are on tour through different means. So there's how much TV advertising, how much social media content, how much, how popular they are, 
with fans, with sponsors, etc., etc. So basically, you're just giving the top 10 most popular guys who are probably the top 10 best players based on the metrics more money. Yeah. But you still have a year-long order of merit, which I think is one of the problems with the PGA Tour, is that the FedEx Cup ends in August, and then the new season starts the following week and then runs through until August. So you have 12 months of non-stop golf apart from over Christmas and New Year's. Mm -hmm. Something like 52 events a year because then you've got double events when the majors are on. It's bonkers. It's too much golf. So Liv came along and said, well, we'll just play 12 events. 54 holes, no cut. Everyone makes money. Only 48 players. And the guys that are out there that are thinking, oh, actually, hang on. I'm at the back end of my career now. I could go on there for four or five years and make more money than what I'm going to make here. Mm. That I understand. I completely get that. You know, if you're, not going to say over the hill, but if your best days are behind you and you've got four or five years to cash in on what you've got left, yeah, go and take more money. I get that. I completely understand why you do that. This is completely taking the issue away from where the money's coming from because that's a whole other ballgame. And then... The thing that gets me at the minute with it is some of these guys are basically just turning around and saying, oh, yeah, it's to grow the game, it's to grow the game. It's not. You're just money grabbing. You're going for the money. Um, just have the nows to come out and say that because that's, I think, annoying a few people now. Um, the, the first event at Centurion uh, two weeks ago was, by all means, okay. I spoke to a couple of guys that went and not one person mentioned the golf because there's no juice to it. There's no juice to the golf. It's like the all-star game with the third and fourth best player from every team. Yeah. Yeah. They're still good players, but they're not the best players. It's just a glorified exhibition to make people rich. Do you want to be put to, I wouldn't want to go and do that. Okay, if they said, oh, here's 200 million to come and play, my ears might perk up. But I didn't get into golf for the money. I don't think anyone gets into golf for the money. When you turn pro, yes, your mindset is to make money because that's how you move up the ladder and how you get up to the top. But guys like Brooks and DJ, Phil, Patrick Reed, DeChambeau, that have all now committed to it and are going, having either gone or going, They've got millions in the bank. And they've basically turned around and said, well, it's less events, it's less golf, and we get paid more. That's all well and good, but they're they're basically exhibition events, which I think just just stinks. I think it's terrible. Um, There's another argument. So so real quick, real quick, I just want to interject real quick. So, Derek and I have had this conversation um, and Derek, you can chime in here like the NFL, right? NFL is the best product period point, you know, period full stop as it relates to football. And there have been, and there have been other leagues that have come up arena football league, 
Canadian Football League obviously has been there. You know what I'm saying? XFL, UFL, USFL. And every league that has tried to compete with, like, to use your words, the best players, the best organizations, the best, you know, advertising, marketing, has they have all been shut down in grand fashion. And so who's to say that, and then you start talking about some of these players on the live tour here. Some of these are, are there are no slouches, right? They're, they're, you know, some good players, you know, some of them are yeah. historic, historical figures now. And so my thing is, you know, is, is this just good competition? And Derek, real quick, before we, uh, we throw the, the, the ball back here to Sam, Derek, what are your thoughts on, I mean, Derek, you played in the NFL. You've played in some of these other leagues that were uh, accompanying the NFL and or competing against the NFL who have yeah. now been shut down. What are some of your yeah. thoughts on healthy competition, development, and opportunities for players to showcase their talents? Well, I'm like, the one thing that this live tour has that all those other leagues didn't have is they have bankroll. Like, they actually have money yeah. that could compete. Where like every single one of those leagues that you had, I mean, really the NFL crushed them. I mean, because it just like there's no possible way that they have the amount of money to put out that type of product, right? Or to woo somebody to compete in that. That's why I feel it's kind of like that within college football. Like, how do you really get over the powerhouses? Like it's like I think the PGA Tour, what's what's so good about them is the mystique of the masters. And just the majors that they have, it's like, I think that golfers grow up dreaming of winning the green jacket in Augusta. And I think it's, it's tough when you got kids growing up and all they want to do is go play for Alabama or Texas or those big powerhouses. It's like, why in the world would I want to go play for Kentucky when I can play for you know, and I think that that's the mystique the NFL has. And I think it, at times that's what the PGA Tour has. And the only way to somehow try to compete with that is to have that kind of money, which it seems like the Live Tour does have. I mean, it's there's no way they threw the same money at them as PGA and those guys were jumping ship. No, they threw banana numbers at them. And that's why those guys are like, well, I'm not going to turn down money like that. Yeah. You know, and I just think that nobody can do that. Like you bring the NFL up, none of those other leagues could do that. You're playing for pennies and and no promise. You know, and and to Derek's point, we were, we read a partial list, Sam, of the yeah. payouts for for the 48th place guy. Crazy, one hundred twenty thousand for last place. Yeah, bonkers. So, so, yeah. so, so, and so, that's, so just, that's just three rounds ago. Yeah. So go ahead. I was, go ahead, Sam. I'll just talk to us about that aspect in terms of the competition. Is there something to be said for, hey, we're going to interrupt the marketplace with, he mm -hmm. with healthy competition and we have money and we, we have long money, too. Like, is there something to be said for that? I mean, I think it's not even interrupting it. it they're trying to take over. You know, they're trying to change the face of golf. And... Uh, take DJ, for example, Dustin Johnson. The, the number is you know, reported as $125 million over four years. Tiger made $121 million in tour earnings over 20 years. Wow. And that's not including all the money he can then make in the events. 
So if over these four years he goes and wins, you know, twelve events a year, if he goes and wins you know, ten events, there's another forty million. Wow. I mean, how's a guy sixty-five million? How's a guy turn that down? You know? Yeah. Is there, you know, at, at some point, I think for some people, there's still a professional pride. You know, Rory's come out, Speed's come out, Thomas has come out. They basically said, look, we're here to compete for tournaments, for trophies, to win. It, the money doesn't matter to Rory, to Thomas, to Speed. Yeah, but those guys aren't. It doesn't matter to Go ahead. Gary. No, not at all. You know, that's the tough. Like, so it's like, uh, like, I get that point. Like, I. Like I get the, I, I get that point that's made, but that's just kind of like Aaron Rodgers uh, and Tom Brady. Like, come on, guys, let's do this. It's like, bro, you ain't worried about money at all. Like those other guys, it's like it's a matter of me of this becoming a profession or this becoming a hobby. And so that's the tough thing. Like, you know, like the NFL is always swirling around the top end guys and everybody believes like your career becomes that when it's like, no, the other 99% of the league isn't have that. And so it's like, uh, I mean, I could be wrong about that in golf, but it's like, yeah, of course the top guys want, want to just play for trophies because you're already financially done for the rest of your life. Like you have under yeah. armor, you have all these things. So it's like, I don't know how somebody can turn down 120 mil just to show up. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like all i have yeah. to do is show up i play 12 events do you know how much more time that is and freedom within my family freedom within my kids freedom within my schedule not to mention more freedom to make more money less travel you know it's like i just i, I hear you but it's it's kind of like i gotta water down some of the top end guys opinions so, so I got, so Sam, I know you, Sam, I know you have a, a point here. Like, I know you have a, a rebuttal. I just want to say this before you, before you share your thoughts on this, because I think this is very an intriguing conversation. Um, you know, it, at the end of the, at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, you know, we all, there, there are, there are evolutions and iterations of, of sport. Right. Um, as we've said, golf is now more popular than it ever has been before. Yeah. Because of certain figures, certain people. Um, and now this is a new iteration. Tennis has gone through its thing. And now we're seeing these younger, you know, burgeoning stars within within tennis. And you can say that for every sport. It's it's like almost slick cyclical. And, you know, for me, I am and Derek is the same way. I am pro player all the way. Yeah. Like I'm pro player. The amount of things that you players have to go through to, to get to the pinnacle of your success is, yeah. so, is so much. And the amount of money that's being made off of you is ridiculous in comparison to what you're getting from the game economically. And so I'm always yeah. pro, pro, pro player. And, you know, I just I, – I, Sam, what is in your opinion – and I just I want you to, to – you know, um, to give you your thoughts on, about the prior points that Derek made, but what is your opinion on how we solve this? Like, how do you solve it? Do you just say, Hey, no, don't go and play in the lib. Do you open up another, does somebody open up another tournament? Like, how do you solve it? Because guess what? The players are leaving for a reason. The PGA yeah. is yeah, mad I, I, for a reason. I, yeah. I don't think there's a way this is going to be solved at all. 
Um, I think this is a new face of professional golf. Uh, whether you like it or not, I don't. I, well, again, if someone offered me 100 million, you're going to find it hard to turn down. <laughs> you, you, you answered we'll my you answered my next we'll question. Next you answered yeah. Sam. Well, you just well, answered. Okay, no, but, hey, you yeah. just answered my but next other, question. Yeah, but the other thing is, there's kids coming out of college which are on PGA Tour U and part of the program to sort of fast track them through to the PGA Tour. They're now going to live, and they're signing for ten million, say, right? So. 22, 23 years old, straight out of college, is 10 million, come play with us. All right, brilliant, thank you. My one concern at the minute, one of many concerns, what happens in three years' time if it folds? If the Saudis are like, now we've had enough of this, we've kind of sport-washed enough people, go on, go back to your, you know, whatever you're doing before. You're going to have a lot of people stranded. And a lot of young guys are going to be stranded with potentially nowhere to play because PGA Tour has slammed them down. You know, they're banned. You're not coming back. Is there, uh, is there DP wait, hold World? On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just say that the, the PGA has banned those players? Yes. So, so, so why, why are they being banned? Go ahead, Derek. Go ahead, Derek. I was just going to say, like, so <laughs> where's the – like, that's something we haven't really got into. Where's the ban come from? Like, right. that's where me and Sorry. Joe have constantly talked about, like, is, did the ban come from your feelings getting hurt? <laughs> yeah so basically the pga tour when you become a member even though you're an independent contra contractor because that's what you are as an independent contractor as a golfer they technically own your rights so i think it's the same with nba nfl they own your media rights digital rights etc etc so there is laws within that that you have to ask for a waiver to go and play in anything opposite a PGA Tour event. Okay, so how do I get my PGA Tour membership? Through Corn Ferry Tour or winning enough money through the Order of Merit. Success. So I have to win, okay? So I have to win in yeah. their events to become a member, okay? Yeah. So then say I, say I, win, en I win enough money to become a member. How long until that? What do I have to not do to get kicked off of there? Play bad golf and then I get kicked <laughs> off? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so like, yeah. you see my dilemma here? So, you, I, so I, I, you get to yeah. just like, this is what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. this is where I've, I've gone back to the example. It's like, so the PGA is the pimp and you already know what the player is. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like, so you get to decide when I'm a member and then what I can do. And then you get to decide when I'm not a member. So it's like, I got yeah. no decision. But, it's, but it's, a member, it's a member run organization. The PGA tour is run by the players. Until I'm not a member. And there's a but then there's a commissioner that's like, nah, you know what? I'm just going to do it. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. So it, no, this is, it this is a prop. It's a properly messed up situation. The yeah. Back to front, upside down, everything. It's a properly messed up situation. There is no right and wrong way of solving it right now. So, so when they ask for the waivers, you know, it's like asking for holiday from work or vacation from work. Like we're asking for vacation time to go and play in a different event. They have to agree to it. And now all of a sudden they're turning around and saying, well, no, you can't go and play in a rival 
or what yeah. is going to be a rival tour. And so that's what you, and so that's what it is, is so they are frustrated that you're going to play for more money. And yeah, because it's a comp- you know, if you, yeah, if you ask for a waiver to go play in the Australian Open because you want it to go and play it in December when, you know, against another event, more than likely you're going to get that granted. I think you get, so you get something like five waivers a year because it's not direct competition. <laughs> yeah, so so this yeah. is no, this is this is good. Take it away, Joe. And this no, this is really good because yeah. we're starting to see this this theme of and just like Sam said, it is properly it's messed up. I mean, at the end of the day, you have an economic conversation, right? You have a competitive yeah. situation, and we haven't brought this up yet, but we also have a human rights situation as well, uh, and the things that have been tied to uh, that specific government. Um, with some of the things that have happened and transpired um, in, in, in history. And so some people would say, hey, you know, you know, is this is the money morally sound? Right. Is it blood money? Yeah. Um, fill in the blank. And there 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 is that conversation. And, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think, Sam, you said it perfectly, man. It, it is a properly messed up situation and it's very intriguing it, this is very intriguing and i think um to your point sam like i don't believe it's going anywhere anytime soon and i i learned something today from you sam that i did not realize that these players are banned from the pga now i mean you're talking about yeah so, yeah, so they're suspended but then now this is where it gets interesting because it's all going to go to litigation and they're all going to appeal it anyway and the live tour, who have basically given them all this money to come play, are now going to pay all of their court fees and everything else to go up against PGA Tour. So it is literally, it is literally live PGA headbutt. Wow! You know they so, are going at each other. So I'm gonna, so I'm gonna get paid millions. My old employer is gonna sue, but my new employer is gonna not only pay me my millions. But it's also going to pay my court fees. That's a pretty good deal if I'm if I have to say so myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, you go back to your point. Where's the money come from? If you take that whole argument away, I think there's a lot less hatred towards it yes. and a lot less friction towards it. Yeah. You know, if it was Jeff Bezos putting the money up, I think there'd be a lot less. Hatred's not the right word, but friction, disgust, disgust. Yeah, yeah friction. You know, there'd be a lot less about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are, and the thing is, everyone is talking about it. Yeah, everybody is talking about live golf and what is going on. It's what the Saudis are trying to achieve by doing it. You know, they are trying to sport wash. They're doing it. They, you know, they bought Newcastle United. Um, over here, football team, they're, they're, their money is in everything. And they are trying to, you know, buy people over, basically, which is what they're trying to do. This is interesting. This is so then, so then it's a whole nother argument about, is it right what they're doing? Well, you know, what they're doing in Saudi Arabia, I'm not going to get into that because I don't know enough about it. But it's just so many different conflicting things going against each other which is making it yeah as it is yeah that's interesting so, um, so sam let me ask you let me ask you this then does 
the PGA Tour have the ability to play their players to pay their players more than what they're paying them? No, exactly. They have no ability, so they're spending all their money. There's so no way they, they could they so, could make the yeah. prizes more. So they have now raised the prize money in X amount of events, but already elevated events. So kind of your Bay Hills, um, what else was there in the match play? There's half a dozen events where they've now raised the prize fund. And they've done it in the Players' Championship as well. And they're, bas- they're still trying to pay the players more. Gotcha. They have something called the Reserve, which depending on who you listen to um will depend on how much they have but pre-pandemic they had about 300 million dollars in, in reserve for things like you know the pandemic or should golf not be able to play be played etc cetera, etc cetera, to still better pay the players and pensions and all this sort of stuff that you know you need an x amount of cash flow to keep everything working gotcha you're gonna need 300 million <laughs> probably not is it worth having there as a you know bit of backup? Well, yeah, we just had two years of COVID, so yeah. the PJ Tour are trying to pay out as much as they can. Um, and even with the announcement now that they've made in literally this last week, um, they're now trying to sell these events to broadcasters to sponsors that they have now already advertised as well, this is what we are doing. So they're trying to keep up with Liv. Now, there is talks that this has been in the pipeline for a couple of years in terms of what they are trying to do. Um, but, yeah, it just depends on who you listen to on that one. So yeah. that's, that's interesting. $300 million in reserves. Well, it sounds like Liv is paying that out to a couple of players. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just like. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Weekend yeah. money. So wow. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw I saw a quote the other day. It was like, if this was an arms race, this would be America against Iceland. You know, there's no comparison. There's absolutely no comparison in the money that Saudi have got mm-hmm. and can play and can pay to what the PJ Tour have got and can pay. You know, wow. they threw out nine hundred million at Tiger, and Tiger turned it down. I thought it was was 200. I mean, come on now. uh, 900. They said it was nearly a billion. They said it was about 900. That's not official. No no, no one actually knows what the official number is, but it's reported about 900 million. If you've got that money to throw at one player, (laughs) does 300 million in the PJ Tour Reserve really worry you that much? Hey, you know what I'm doing with that money, Derek? I'm, I'm getting that money. And I'm gonna Vegas? start my own. I'm starting my own league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You gonna catch me league. about a week at the Bellagio first, though. <laughs> hey, sir, even that certain <laughs> turf. Yeah, buddy. Wow. Hey, yeah. So, so I'm gonna have turf. my own gondola. Yeah, seriously, man. I'm. I'll, I'll build my own Perfect. hotel. I'll build my own hotel. <laughs> hey, buy so, an island, like old boy with birthday. Hey, you, you could build a new Vegas for that. Oh, seriously, man. My goodness. So, Sam, this has been really good. Once again, we're, we're joined with Sam Whitehead, just talking about all things golf. This has been really good. I, I We have to set this thing up for a part two, man, because oh, yeah. we haven't even sure. scratched some of the surface. But in terms of a hard pivot as we close, Sam, thank you again for joining us. What are you the most excited about right now in the world of golf? 
Oh. Um, I think, in a way, just looking forward to seeing what happens. You know, I'm obviously not at the level where it's massively going to affect me right now because I'm still bouncing around on mini tours, but just looking at what could happen and where it could go, it's, I don't know if it's exciting, but it's interesting. Um, uh, no one knows what's going to happen. You know, in three years' time, you could have the 48 best players in the world playing on live. Right now, you've probably only got maybe 10 of the top 50, which is still pretty good. But they're guys that haven't done a lot lately. So, yeah, no matter which way you look at it, it's going to change the face of professional golf. Whether it does that over the next three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, there's anyone's guess right now. I think a lot will a lot will be seen this week in Portland this week um, when that tees off and see what the reaction in America is like with the American press and the American media covering the event. Um, I know it was quite uh, the, certainly the press conferences over here got very nitty gritty um, with a few of the questions being asked and yeah, be interesting to see what it's like over there. So, uh, I buckle up. Who knows what's going to happen? Wow, wow. Well, Derek, I don't know what you're going to do if the live tournament comes and asks you to play play in it. But what what, what are the questions that you have for Sam, man? Yeah, uh, that the nine hundred milli be hard, bud. <laughs> Just nine million right now would be hard. Just yeah, nine yeah. million right now. Hey man, that's a lot nine of zero. Million, yeah. Hey, that's you a lot of zero. Racks right now would be hard. Yeah. Seriously. Sorry. That's yeah. a hey, that's a lot of zeros and a lot of hope right there, man. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. No, I just uh, again, man, I just I, I love the insight. You know, I know you said Joe uh last week that we need more insight. So you went out and got a pro to come on here and give us some. So I hope, I hope our listeners are seeing how quick uh, moves are being made over here. But man, Sam has been a pleasure to hear from you, man. And just giving me the knowledge, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Sam. No, thanks for having me guys. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it being on. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you. So for, for our guest, for our guest, Sam Whitehead and, and my co-host, Derek Devine, this is Josiah Egon with the All Things Performance Podcast. Hope you all have a tremendous week. If you like the idea of more people hearing this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us because in doing so, you actually put all things performance in front of more ears and in front of more eyeballs and people will actually know that we exist. So uh, we'd love if you did that. Uh, you can follow all things performance on Facebook, Instagram, and all of the social media channels. Until next time, God bless you. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you soon.